Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. You're awesome. And I'm so glad to be able to preach the word today. I know next week we'll be starting a new series called The Songs of Jesus. Pastor Mike will be kicking that off. You don't want to miss it. Looking at the Psalms that Jesus quoted in the New Testament. So it's going to be a great time. But I want to talk to you today in the final installment on peace. How many of you enjoyed this series on peace? Talk to me about it. I mean, it's just been so good. And that today I'm going to talk to you about the path of peace. The path of peace. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go ahead and dive into Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 1 and 2, the path of peace. This is what the author of Hebrews, who we don't know, but he writes, and he's writing to Jewish believers, and he's encouraging them to keep their faith in Jesus, to hold on to to him as their Messiah and Savior. And he says this in verse 1, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so, so great a cloud of witnesses, he says, let us lay aside every weight. Somebody say weight. And the sin, somebody say sin, weight and sin, which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto who? Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Some of you glad that Jesus endured the cross for you, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, the path of peace. I was thinking this week in preparation, um, about nine, ten years ago, me and my wife, we went up to Ohio with our kids, and my wife's from Ohio. We have any Ohio people in the house? Okay, two of you right there. Got some Ohio people. It's a great place. I, I didn't grow up going to Ohio, but I married Bethany and started going to Ohio every single year, and we went to the Cincinnati Zoo. And those people that know me, I'm not a big animal lover. I, I appreciate animals. But I'm not a big animal person, but I like a good zoo. Y'all like good zoos? Yeah, oh yeah, okay, good. So I went to the zoo, and, and there was this tortoise exhibit, okay? Tortoises are just large turtles. And there was this exhibit, outdoor exhibit that was new, and the Cincinnati Zoo was fired up about it. They were passionate about their tortoises. And, and the area was about the size of the stage. It wasn't overwhelmingly large, but it was a good, good size area for tortoises. And so there was this path that was of concrete, and then on the right and left, as you walked around, there was grass and the tortoises. And I kid you not, uh, we're, we're the only people in the entire exhibit. It was a smashing hit. <laughs> and we're walking through, me, Bethany, and our three kids at the time, and, and I, I promise you, every 15 to 20 feet, there was a sign that said, stay on the path down the path. And you'd walk another 15 feet and it would say, stay on the path. And then there was a guy on a PA system <laughs> with a microphone and he would just say every 30 seconds or so, stay on the path. Over and over. He wasn't even giving us information about the tortoises. I did my own research this week. They can live to be 150 years. That's pretty impressive right there. They get huge. They can bite you. I'm thinking, why would I want to get off the path? I don't want to lose any fingers. And this guy just kept saying over and over and over again, excuse me, stay on the path. 
I was looking at Bethany. Bethany is the greatest rule follower ever. But when he kept saying that, I was so tempted just to be like, oh, boop, right on the grass. How I many of you like to bend the rules a little bit? Let me see the people. We, we stretch in our sin a little bit. But he just kept saying over and over, stay on the path. Stay on the path. Signs everywhere. Tortoises everywhere. Stay on the path. And I thought about that. And I thought about our conversation today because I believe God would say to us today as believers in 2022, regardless of how long you've been saved, that you and I are to stay on his path. Oh man, we're sharp here. I hope you guys got it ascension and did them. They were a little slow here at Island, but we're gonna get it by the end of the message, I guarantee you. To stay on the path, because this is the thing. This is kind of the thesis of the sermon here. God's peace is found on God's path. Oh, we're warming up. Everybody in here, everybody online, everybody at our campuses, all of us, we want the same thing. Our word for the year is what? Peace. Uh, Wednesday service a couple weeks ago, somebody shouted out, faith. <laughs> that's a good word, but that's not our word for the year. <laughs> our word for the year is peace. Everybody in here wants that. We all are different in here, right? I mean, you can look around. You have different styles, different looks, different habits, and different desires. All of us are different, but every single one of us in here wants peace. I don't think there's one person in here when you started 2022, you thought, you know what? The church's word for the year is peace, but I'm going for a little bit more anxiety this year. I just, I'm not into peace. I, I want some chaos in my life. Give me more just craziness. That's what I want. No, no one in here is saying that. All of us want the same thing, and that's God's peace. But I've come today to tell you through God's word, his peace is found on his path. So the question is not what our desire is. The question is where are our feet taking us? Because you can desire something all day long, but if your feet are not on the path to get there, you ain't going to get there. And we love the benefits of God, don't we? I was thinking about the I am statements that Jesus makes in scripture. There's seven I am statements in the gospel that Jesus makes. He says things like, I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the gate. I'm the good shepherd. But the most famous I am statement, arguably, is John chapter 14, verse 6, where it'll be on the screen. It says, Jesus answered them, and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So we know that he's undoubtedly saying that if you want salvation, if you want to have access to the Father, it's not based upon your good works. Can I get a good amen this morning? It's not based upon my righteousness. I'm not going to find it by some angel. We thank God for angels, but angels are not the way. They're not the truth. They're not the life. I'm sure enough not going to find it some, from, from some false religion or false God. There's only one way to salvation, and that's Jesus. But he's also saying this. There is a pattern in which he's establishing. And everyone, whether you're a believer or not, whether we can verbalize this and articulate it or not, everyone wants the benefits of God. Everyone wants his life. I mean, who wouldn't want joy? Who doesn't want peace? Who doesn't want contentment? Everybody wants that. But the question is, are we in his ways? Because this is the problem we run into. 
Because we like things our way. Am I preaching to anybody besides myself this morning? I like things my way. We can customize everything these days. I mean, just exactly like you want it. We like things our way, but in the kingdom, it doesn't work like that. If you want the benefit of God, you have to be on the path of God. You have to be in the ways of God and not just doing whatever I want to do, but doing what he's called me to do, what he's called you to do, the life and the path and the journey that he desires us to go on. Sure, we all want peace. And you can wear peace apparel all day long. You can have peace socks. You can have peace underwear. It's a little different, but you could have it. But you're not going to have peace based upon what you wear. You're going to have peace based upon where your feet are taking you by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you believe that, can you clap your hands in here today? And the author, the author of Hebrews, who we don't know, he describes our journey as a what? As a race. Some of you, I say that and your heart starts pounding. Why? Because we don't like running. Running is hard. Running is difficult. I, I think about Pastor Ryan Frith, our Denham Springs pastor. He's a great athlete. He played college baseball. He played a little professional baseball. He's athletic. He's almost as athletic as me. One day he's going to get there. He's really, he's really athletic. But I think about him when I, when I talk about running or read scriptures about running because I used to live by him and he was three doors down and I would text him at night and I'd say, hey, Pastor Ryan. I didn't call him that. I'd say, hey, Frith, let's go running. And, and he would send back a one word answer. No. And I'd say, come on, man. I'm persistent. I have that gift. Come on, man. Let's go running. It'll be awesome. We can run one or two miles together. It'll be so fun. We can talk. We can hang out. We're going to get in good shape. And he would send back, no. But I wouldn't stop there. I'm like, dude, you got to come. Man, I don't like being by myself. How many of you don't like being by yourself? I can't stand being by myself. I don't like being by myself. Even when I'm running, I want to be with somebody. Hang out, talk. What's up? And so I text him again, come on, you got to go with me. And he would say, listen, I'm making two bowls of ice cream right now. If you want to hang out, come over to my house. How many of you, this is your love language? <laughs> let's watch the ball game and eat ice cream. Okay, let's do that instead. People don't like to run because it's difficult. The author doesn't describe our journey as a vacation. He doesn't describe it as a buffet. I like a good buffet. He doesn't describe it as a nap. He describes our journey with Jesus as a race. Can I tell you this today? Following God is the greatest thing you will ever decide to do by his grace respond to. I promise you there's nothing like it. But this perception, this mindset that it's gonna be easy is a joke. Sacrificing your own self, your own desires, your own wants, and getting on his path, though it is beneficial, is not always easy. And the people who've been saved for longer than five minutes say a good amen to that. It's hard. But the writer is writing to a group of people that they are familiar with races, and that was the activity of the day. That was the sport of the day. And he's, he's giving them some instructions He's giving them some insight and an analogy here, and there's two things I want us to look at. The first thing is this, that he tells us what we must surrender. So as you run this race, as you're on this path, he's saying you must surrender some things. Look at verse one again. If you guys could pull up verse one from chapter 12. It says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. Two things, weight and sin. We oftentimes divide it, oftentimes group those things together. We just think, okay, I gotta lay aside 
just everything that's wrong, I need to lay aside. And that's true. But he distinguishes them. He calls it weight and sin. And in ancient times, this picture that he's giving, they didn't have like cool running outfits that Pastor Johnny wears all the time. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just sleek running gear. They didn't have a Lululemon down the street. They didn't have Nike and all these outlets to go buy this stuff. They wore these heavy cloaks and clothes. So this is what they did. This is a different type of race. They would strip down to the bare essentials so that they would not be hindered in their running. And the author is saying this, get rid of any weight in your life that is slowing you down. You say, what is weight? I'm about to tell you. Weight is something that might not be wrong, but it's not wise. It's something that might not be sinful, but it's not beneficial. And you and I have to ask ourselves this question by the Holy Spirit, Lord, what weights am I carrying in my journey that's impacting the path that I'm on? Pastor Mike, last week, did a phenomenal job talking about relationships. I mean, you enjoyed that message. That was so good. And he talked about relationships, and relationships are the greatest gift, but there are some relationships, if you're not careful, that will pull you down in life. And some of us keep hanging out with the same people. And we keep hanging out with them weekend after weekend. And it might not be wrong, but it's not wise. And they just are bringing you down in life. Your spirit just gets down when you be around them. How many of you know somebody that just gets your spirit down? They just, y'all ready? Y'all got excited with that one. You just get down. And, and the Lord's saying, hey, it might not be wrong, but it's not wise. Set down the weight. Well, I don't have any other friends. Go friend shopping. <laughs> Go to next steps next week. Get in a small group. Find you some friends who have some faith that aren't going to be a weight, but they're going to help elevate your life. Get rid of the weight. We do this all the time with our finances too. Finances can become a weight. It's getting a little quiet. We'll want something so bad. Oh, I, 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 I gotta have that. Oh, oh, the neighbor has a pool. I've gotta have a pool. I've got to have, if you can't afford it, you ain't gotta have it. I know that's not good grammar, but it's a great preaching line. Because that thing that you cannot afford is going to become a weight when you can't pay for it. And we're bogged down with all this stuff and we're thinking, man, why is there no peace in my life? Because you're carrying things you're not made to carry. We do this with entertainment. Might not be wrong, but it's not wise. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. This is my take. People make fun of me. So I'm going out there on a limb here. You might think I'm shallow. This is just me. It's not thus saith the Lord. It's just me. There are certain things I won't watch because they get me down. Okay? They get me down. I, I don't do sad well. I know that's a little emotional shallow. There's enough sadness in the world that I don't like watching sadness to help out with that. Some people, this is the thing though with weights. I want you to understand this. Something might be a weight to me that's not a weight to you. You might be cool with watching sad. I'm just going to watch sad all day and you're still happy. 
I can't watch sad and stay happy. Pastor Chris Pamelia, he makes fun of me and he laughs at me because we went to see a movie not even that long ago. It wasn't even a sad movie, but the good God died. And it, yes, exactly. It impacted me for weeks. I kept talking about it. I can't believe he died. It was, it was a weight in my life. Man, how about, I know, we, I know we beat this dead horse like crazy, but how about social media? If it's adding a weight to you, I know this is a crazy thought. Get it out of your life. Half of you liked it. But it might not be a weight to you. That's the thing. You don't put your weight on someone else and you don't let somebody else's weight get on you. A weight is subjective, but it will slow you down if it's something you're not made to carry. I was thinking about Pastor Terry Olivier. You guys know Pastor Terry Olivier? Man, he's amazing. One of the greatest Bible teachers. Got some fans over in this section. One of the greatest Bible teachers in this church. I'm telling you, I love going up to Terry and just asking him a tough Bible question. You should try that sometime. Just go up to him and just ask him the hardest Bible question you can think of. He loves it. I'm just kidding. But I think about his journey. He has lost, and I ask permission to share this. He has lost 170 pounds. You, you think that was easy? That wasn't easy. He, he changed his diet. He changed his routines. He works out. I mean, he's always been strong. But let me tell you something about T.O. Now he's like a cat. He's quick. He has changed his mile. I asked him this morning. He used to run a 17-minute mile. Run slash walk. 17 minutes, he said, and I was worn out after that. 17 minutes. Now he runs a sub eight mile. My goodness. Frith, I know you can't do that. That was wrong. Forgive me, Lord. Now he runs a sub eight mile. And this is, you know what he did? He got rid of weight. What's holding you back? Ask the Holy Spirit this question. Ask yourself this question. Is this adding peace in my life or is this subtracting peace in my life? If it's subtracting, get rid of it. Amen, everybody? Second thing is this, is that as he says, what you surrender is you surrender sin. Oh, boy. You surrender sin. I'm telling you right now, I want you to hear this. I spent a lot of time praying about this moment. Sin is the greatest robber of peace. The enemy will lie to you all day long and act as if sin's not going to impact your world. The author says, get rid of the weight and the sin that so easily ensnares you. This path that you're on, if you want to find yourself off the path that God has for you, that is ultimately the place that you're going to find peace, start to allow a little sin to enter into your world. Now, I know sometimes people don't like hearing about sin, but God's got a lot to say about sin. And it's always for our benefit. It's never to bring condemnation and shame, but he will use the word of God to bring conviction and change to our life. And let me just make a couple of notes here. Our culture is not the barometer of morality. It's not. Our government, 
thank God for politicians, is not our standard of morality. Even people and their opinions are not the standard of morality. There is one thing that is our standard, and it is this book right here. And we don't apologize about that. We don't back down from that. God has a lot to say about sin. Weight is subjective. Sin is objective. But I had this thought in my mind because I'm such a baker. I'm always at home just baking away. Just what I do. Bethany's like, what are you doing, David? I'm, I'm baking today. That's just, that's just my world. That's my life. And so right here, I need to get my cheat sheet to make sure I have everything that's in it, if I can find it. Um, we've, got some, we've got some good stuff in here. This is, this is a vanilla cake, everybody. Vanilla cake. How many like cake? Anybody like vanilla cake? I cannot go to a grocery store and pass up a king cake right now. Anybody with me? It's just like they just call to me. Just keep, so good. Okay, so this is, this is the ingredients for a cake. And we have flour in here. We have butter, sugar, eggs, milk, vanilla extract. It's one of my favorites. Uh, salt and baking powder. And then we got, because it's my favorite, cream cheese icing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I, I love cream cheese. So right here is everything you need for a great cake, right? It's everything you need. Like the, the ingredients are in place. You got to put it in the oven, of course. We don't have one of those right now, but just work with me. And everything you need right here is, is, is the, will result in a great tasting cake. God has everything we need for our path in this book. The ingredients, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to live. And I'm not talking, please, everybody listen to this real quick. I'm not saying, hey, don't ever sin, okay? How many of you know you're going to sin today? Okay, just a few of you are going to sin today. You just sinned right now in denial. You're going to sin today. I'm talking about like you just adopting sin as like a pet in your life. And I know that's funny, but we, we honestly... A lot of times we do that and we get so used to it or we justify it and we just say, hey, I'm fine with this. I'm cool with this. But the thing is, it's going to mess up your path. It's, go it's going to mess up your path. Sin is the great robber of peace. And this is, the, this is the picture I got. I got how if you start adding, oh yeah, oh, this just got real. Crystal's hot sauce, everybody. You start adding the wrong ingredients to the recipe Somebody's getting this over there. You, you start, oh, just, yeah. You start adding that. How many of you know it's going to change the way this cake is going to turn out? But this is what the enemy does, man. This, I'm telling you, he is so deceiving. He's so clever. We got some barbecue sauce. I should have gotten sweet baby rays after me. But <laughs> he'll just say, hey, listen, it's no big deal. It's just a little bit of jealousy. Just, oh, just a little bit. It's just a little bit of resentment, not a big deal, just a little bit. It's just, it's just a little bit of lust, not a big deal, just a little bit of lust you're just letting in your house. Oh, this, I got some more stuff, got some mustard. This is just getting grosser and grosser, everybody. Got some mustard. It's just, it's just flirting a little bit with somebody who's not your wife, and you just, you start, I touched a nerve on that one. Some women's like, preach it, pastor. That's a good word right there. I knew I needed to get in church. And what you do is it starts mixing up in all the goodness God has for us. And this is what the enemy will say. He'll say, hey, it's just going to affect one little bite. Can I tell you something? 
Sin does not compartmentalize. Y'all help me preach a little bit better than that. You saying, how do you know? I've learned it myself. I'm not preaching at you like, oh, I never sin. I'm just holy as can be. No, I've, God preached this to me before I preached it to you. Sin does not compartmentalize. It doesn't just stay in this one little bite of the cake, one little slice of the cake. It will infiltrate every single bite of the cake. And we look at our lives and we're like, man, why don't I have peace? I've got the cream cheese icing. The problem is, is what we're adding to what God says, do not add in here. So what am I saying to you? What's the author saying? Man, if you want a life that is a path of peace, get rid of sin in your life. Don't adopt it. Don't babysit it. Don't bring it in. I always get just so weirded out when I see these grown men who have like big pet lions. Y'all seen that? I think all it's going to take is one bad day. That lion has bad attitude. They're like, oh, I just love... Sammy the lion, I don't know. I just love him. He's just, oh, look at him just wrestling me. I think, man, that dude, if just one bad day with that lion, he's going to eat you alive. Just one bad moment, just Paul, boom, you're done. You don't bring in a predator in your life. Predators will kill you. And again, Healing Place Church, let me tell you this. We are not a group of stone casters but we are a people who believe in the authority of God's word and us encouraging one another, getting rid of sin, getting rid of filth. Look at Romans chapter eight, verse six. It says this, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Y'all getting anything out of this today? Final thing is this, is, is what we see. And this is what he said in verse two, and I, I need to wrap it up. It says, looking unto Jesus. So set aside, surrender, wait and sin. Wait, that which is maybe not wrong, but not wise. Sin, that which is just destroying your life. Set it aside. Get rid of it. But he says this, he says, what you look to, what you see is just as important. It's one thing to say, okay, I'm gonna stop this activity. I'm gonna stop this addiction. I'm gonna stop this way of life. I promise you this, if you don't get your eyes on the king, you're not gonna be able to stop what you're trying to stop. Sin is powerful. If it wasn't, we'd all be conquering it. I think about Adam and Eve in the garden. I mean, that must have been the greatest looking tree ever. Sin by itself looks so good, so appeasing to the flesh. But if you and I will get our eyes as we're on this path, this journey of doing things God's way, if we will get our eyes on Jesus, I'm telling you, he is able to give you the strength and the power and the grace to be an overcomer. Does anybody believe that today? I'm telling you. It's not by my strength. It's by his grace. And the, the author is saying, look to Jesus. I want to read you this scripture in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. And keys can come on out. It says this. You will keep in perfect peace. That's God. God will keep in perfect peace. All who trust in you, 
all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Craig Rochelle is a great pastor. He says this. This is a quote from him. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Isaiah says he can give you and he will give you perfect peace for all those who trust him and their minds are set on him. Shift your focus this year. We all want peace, but there is only one person who can supply it. This world does not have what you and I need. In fact, it is incapable of supplying the peace that you and I are after. But there is one who endured the cross, despising the shame for the joy set before him and now is seated at the right hand of the Father Almighty, who he is not filled with anxiety, he's not filled with fear, he's not timid, he is not weak, but instead he is the Prince of Peace. And this is the thing, you can clap your hands. This is the thing. The more you pursue him, the less appetite you're going to have for this. I'm telling you, the more you start to read your word, you get in the Bible. Pastor Mike's been saying two things for 22. I mean, over and over and over. Be in church and read your Bible. You guys been listening and you're in church today. He's been saying it. I'm telling you, I just, I challenge you. Start with 15 minutes a day of reading this Bible. 15 minutes a day. Man, I don't have 15 minutes. Yeah, you do. Cut off Netflix for 15 minutes. Put down the phone for 15 minutes. Stop arguing with somebody for 15 minutes. Don't eat for 15 minutes. Find something, sleep less for 15 minutes. I can go on and on all day. Find your 15 minutes to get in this word. It will wash your soul. You say, man, I just, I can't, I can't overcome the sin. There's no way. I can't stop this. I can't stop that. I know God has a great recipe for me. I can't stop it. I'm telling you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you can't stop it, but he can stop it. And don't just settle in and give up and throw in the towel and say, man, I just can't live on God's way. I can't do God's, his way, his way and his things. I can't have this peace that you're talking about today. My friend, it is available to you. You can have it. He's the way maker. He's the miracle worker. Our God is greater than any sin, any temptation, any addiction, any problem, any, anything that's passed on from your family. But you got to practice the right things to get the right results. You want a cake that tastes good? Don't add a bunch of junk to it. Add God's spirit to it. During worship, I was thinking about my dad. Dad, stand up. I know they won't be able to see the campus, but stand up, Dad. He doesn't like this, but I like it. This man right here, I love you. Thank you. I saw him every day of my life reading from this book. You say, well, that's probably because he's a pastor. You can sit down. He's not a pastor. He could have been, he would have been a great one. But he's a pharmacist, he's a businessman. But he prioritized the right things. I'm telling you, my friend, 
We live in a day and age. It's not time to play games with God. I, I feel such a sense of urgency in my spirit, and maybe it's just for me, but maybe it's for all of us. That we got to get real with Him. We got to lay down the weight, get rid of the sin, and get your eyes on Jesus. Because here's the thing He's coming back. And it's, I don't know when it's going to be, but I'm telling you, we're a day closer than we were yesterday. And not only that, one day this mortal body is going to die and I'm going to stand before him. And I don't want him to look at me and say, man, I had so much more for you, but there was so much weight and so much sin in your life and you didn't keep your eyes on me. I want to say, God, I look to you. I didn't live perfect. I wasn't just holy every single day, but God, I tried my best to get the junk out of my life. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.